Is it on? Hello? I see one thumb up. <clears throat> it's a privilege and honor to be here with you today. I do appreciate uh, your prayers. Uh, shoulder still isn't back to normal, but it's it's getting there quicker than these this shoulder. I don't know, maybe because I'm right-handed. I don't know. But anyway, I appreciate your prayers, and, and uh, uh, God's been good, and uh, I really appreciate that. <clears throat> you know, you mentioned about the women being on retreat. Now, that's a double-edged word, you know. Um, women are on a retreat. They're supposed to be moving forward, right? But if you're in the military, you're not moving forward. You're going the other way. So we need to be careful how we the words we have. Anyway, I'm so glad that uh, uh, I have the privilege, the privilege and honor to be able to stand here today and to share with you. I told my wife, I said, she said, what are you going to preach about? And it's all about 20 minutes. And, <laughs> and she said, good. Something's been on my mind a lot. I I preached a a sermon about it, about the disciples' prayer. And I just, I couldn't get rid of it. And I've had other suggestions in different areas and angles, uh, but I just couldn't shake it. And uh, I prayed, Lord, if if this isn't, if this is just for me, good. But if this is something that you want me to share, I'll do it. And it's been uh, heavy on me. Again, I preached a sermon before this, and I called it, and I'm going to use the same title. Are you praying it or saying it? You know, a lot of people in a lot of churches today will be saying the Lord's Prayer, Disciples' Prayer. Lord's Prayer is in John 17. Disciples' Prayer. Remember he said, teach us to pray. So it's a disciples' prayer. And, you know, when, when, we, um, when we pray, or do we say? A lot of churches again today, they'll, and I've preached in uh, different churches there in, in the Twin City area, and after the pastoral prayer, they ended up with, let's pray the prayer that the Lord taught us. And then they go into what they call the Lord's Prayer. What are you praying? What are you saying when you say the Lord's Prayer? We'll just call it the Lord's Prayer for, you know. And a lot of times people, you know, when they're going through a hardship or going through a hard time, the, uh, one of the first things they want to do is say the Lord's Prayer. Oh, our Father which art in heaven, And it gives them some comfort. Say the Lord's Prayer, and it, it, it seems to help them in whatever situation they're going through. But as we look at it, turn to uh, Matthew, the sixth chapter. Now, Pastor Brock went on through the... Beatitudes in the fifth chapter. We're going to look in the sixth chapter where we find this prayer, if you will. Matthew chapter 6, starting with verse 5. 
I tell people I use the NIV because that's one Jesus used. So, um, you know. Be careful. Be careful that do not... I'm going back up to verse 1. Be careful, do not do your acts of righteousness before men to be seen of them. And a lot of people do that. They want to pray. They pray the Lord's Prayer and they pray, you know. So they want people to think that they're so righteous and holy. But down in verse 5 says, But when... Not the little two-letter word, if. When you pray, and a lot of the translations that I find says, when you pray, pray in this manner. Not to say these words. Pray in this manner. This prayer is an outline. It is a skeleton, if you will, for our prayer life. You take this skeleton and then you add to it. So here, the Lord, he's showing us how to pray. Um, again, in verse 9, it says, and he didn't say and say these words. It says, in this manner. That's what the, the inference is there. You know, in the in the prayer it says, "You forgive us our debts." Well, Jesus didn't have any debts. You know, we think of word debts, we mean uh, you know what we owe uh, uh, Capital One or Sears or somebody. You know, forgive us what we owe others. And he himself did not sin, so he himself could really not say. Forgive me of my debts. So we start out and said, when you pray, don't pray like the hypocrites and they stand in the streets and the synagogues and they pray out loud and they wander around and do all their their things and said they receive their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your closet, go into your room, go into your secret place and and. Don't rattle on and on and on and on, and, and you know, uh, the heathens think they will be heard for much talking, and uh, that's, that's not what he wants. Pray as being unseen, and then your Father who sees what is done in secret will, will reward you. Again, when you pray, don't keep just rattling on and babbling on. Um, don't be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask. Well, if he knows what I need, why do I have to ask? He wants to hear from his kids. He wants to hear from his family. He wants to hear, you know, um, from us. What if one of your kids or your mom and dad just never talked to you for months and months and months? And sometimes Christians do that to God. Don't talk to him for a long time. What's that tell him? 
So he said, pray in this manner. Our Father, a lot of translations don't have the word our. Just Father. Dad. Hey, Dad. And a lot of people have to stop right there because a non-Christian cannot pray this prayer honestly because their Father is not God in heaven. Their Father is the devil. The Bible says, Ye are of your Father, the devil. And so what does this tell us? Our Father. Um, It means that I have to have a relationship with God. I have to have that relationship, that one-on-one relationship, so that I can, when I start my prayer life, Father. And so that relationship must be there. And if that relationship is not there, a sinner cannot really pray this prayer. They can say it. They can say it all they want. But when a Christian starts a prayer line, Father, uh, thank you for this day. I mean, I that's what I do. I'm so grateful for the day. Another day of life. And so here he says, you know, we must have a relationship uh, with, with God. You see, the Jews in that day would not use the word God. They wouldn't do it. It was Yahweh. And so they they wouldn't use God's name. They were not allowed. They didn't do that. They weren't allowed to say the name of God. And so verse 9, as we read there, verse 9, there is so many different things in there. We want to look at it. There's uh, quite a few. Number one, as we said, you must have a relationship with God. And you cannot call Him Father unless you are in fellowship with Him. (laughs) You have to have relationship before you can have fellowship. You see, there's a huge difference between relationship and fellowship. Turn in your Bibles to 1 John. First John chapter 1 and verse 7. If we claim to have fellowship with Him, I can claim to be a lot of things. I can put on a white lab coat. I can hang a stethoscope around my neck, and I can claim to be a doctor. I'd be in jail for practicing medicine without a license. 
if we claim to have fellowship with him, yet walk in darkness, we lie, and do not live in the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, then we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us and purifies us from all sin. Fellowship. You can't just claim, oh yeah, I'm a Christian. Really? Tell me about it. Well, I, 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 I go to church, and I, and I hope little old ladies cross the street, and I put a little tip and pens in the plate, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm pretty good. And by the way, you know, God loves us, and God's not going to send anybody to hell. And he, he just, and God doesn't do that. You know that God doesn't send anybody to hell? No. Read John 3.18. He that believeth not is condemned already. So we send ourself. The devil's hell. Well, we're getting off. <clears throat> Why do you think fellowship is so vital to prayer? Why do you think it's so essential? Because without it, I think it's this wire here. The last time I used it, it was, right? You just want to shut it off? No, no, okay. I think he wants to give me some feedback. <laughs> Without fellowship with God, you cannot truly You cannot call him Father truly if you are an unrepentant sinner because your father is the devil. I don't know of anybody that ever went to the devil and said, Devil, teach me to pray. It's impossible to call God Father if you're a sinner. If you have chosen sin as a lifestyle. You see, once you choose and once you break your fellowship with God, once you choose, prayer is really broken. That line of communication is severed. And the only prayer that God wants to hear from you is, Confession. Father, I, hey, God, I, I messed up again. I've chosen to go my own way. I've chosen to put other things first. I just, and by the way, God, just leave me alone. But then when something happens, they want to start rattling off the Lord's Prayer. Do you ever notice when Jesus was dying on the cross, you know, he looked down there and says, you know, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. He said, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. 
But when he was dying, what did he say? My God. He didn't call him Father. Why? Because that fellowship was broken. He took the sins, your sins and mine, on himself, and he broke that fellowship with his Father. My God, my, why have you forsaken me? He didn't call him Father. You ever notice that? not only must we have relationship, we have fellowship. And that fellowship comes from the Holy Spirit that's living in our life. You see, you can never call God or Father without the Holy Spirit's assistance. Turn to Romans chapter, Romans chapter 8. Okay. Romans chapter 8, verse 15. I think I got that right. Probably not, but I got it didn't, written down wrong. Um, verse 15. Yeah, I said that right. For you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, but you receive the spirit of sonship. And by him, you see that? By him we can cry, Abba, Father. And the spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are the children of God. So without the Holy Spirit, Without Him bringing conviction on your life, without Him working and ruling and reigning in His life, you cannot truly call God your Father. It's impossible to pray without dependence on God. You pray to someone who you know is dependable, who is going to be there day after day after day, year after You know, um, when you um, <clears throat> look for a job, they want someone that's dependable, someone that's going to show up to work every day, someone that's going to be there and, and do a good job and, and you know, dependable. And when we pray to God, why? Because He is so dependable, He is so faithful, and we can pray to Him in confidence. When you need some help with someone, you, you, you look for someone that's dependable. Don't you? You need a roof on your house. You want a dependable roofer. Plumbing in a house, you need a, a uh, don't call Brock. You want somebody that's dependable. And when you pray to God, you do so because He is dependable. Well, 
in order for me to pray effectively, or anyone, before you can pray effectively, you must know God. You must fellowship with Him. You must know His Spirit and then fellowship with your brothers and sisters. You've got to have the fellowship. And when you, need, when you have a, a prayer need, what do you do? I forgot I didn't put my name up there. Why? Because you know that there's some dependable people around here that's going to pray. They're going to lift your name up. And so you need someone that is, is very dependable. Okay, uh, our Father which art in heaven. Oh. I must realize that God is the ultimate authority in heaven. He is the ultimate authority. And we can't really pray effectively until we realize that. Why? Because He's in heaven, we're down here. Listen to this. Write it down if you want. Until you know who God is, you will never understand who you are. Hallowed be thy name. Hallowed means what? To praise and to... to, to, uh, to sanctify his name, to set his name apart above all other names, which is, did we sing a song like that? Name above all names. We acknowledge him. We acknowledge his name. When we evoke his name in God or his son, Jesus, when you, you bring that name, that name has so much power. And without praying in Jesus' name, a lot of people don't. That no one comes to the Father except by me, and that's why we pray. In Jesus' name we pray. We acknowledge Him. We give Him first place in our heart. So who has first place in your life? Hmm. Well, I'll say who or what. Um, I'll tell you how I can tell who is first place, what is first place in your life. Give me your checkbook. Who do you write most checks to? Walmart loves us. Your checkbook will tell you where your heart is. That's where your treasure is. I worked in a job where I uh, helped people with uh, their mortgages and, and, and banks and, and all this stuff, you know, and foreclosures and all this stuff. Part of my job was to get their bank records. Of course, all this was confidential stuff. 
And I would go through their bank records, and you can see they were about to lose their house. They would call and talk to me, please help me keep my house. But I said, I'm looking at your bank records, and here you have McDonald's and Denny's and Steakhouse and on and on and on. And they're losing their house. One bank really loved this person because, and it it floored me, I had to look at $4,800 in a month for overdraft fees. Well, I'm off. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. And then it says, and and thy kingdom come. There's there's seven uh, petitions here in, in this verse, but thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. You see, all these have to do with thy, with God. These are pointing to God, not us. You say, well, why is that? Because we have to give God the glory and put Him first place in our life, and that's why He's first in this. God is telling us, Jesus is telling His disciples, He's telling us, up, us, put me first. What's God's kingdom? Thy kingdom come. And you see, the kingdom cannot come to this earth without it first coming to you. You ever think about that? Jesus said, My kingdom is, present tense, within you. That's where his kingdom is. It's not somewhere. Jesus said, it's not comes with low here, low there, and look at all this, and here it comes, and there it is. No. Jesus said, my kingdom is within you. Hmm. Jesus was trying to tell us about the church. And when God is living in us, when he sets up to have a kingdom, you have to have a king and you have to have subjects. Jesus is the king. We are the subjects, right? We're his servants. That word servant in the Bible comes back as slaves. We have a whole different connotation of what slaves is. And so, when the kingdom comes, the Bible said it is not with words, but in what? Power. Power. You know where that word power comes from? You know where it comes from? Translates out? Dunamis, which we get our word dynamite. Right on time. 
dynamite, dunamis, power. The kingdom comes in power. Where's the kingdom? Where's the kingdom? Thy kingdom come. Again, you can never pray for the kingdom to come on earth until the kingdom comes with you. Turn to Romans, Romans chapter 14. Romans chapter 14. I like this. You see, the kingdom is a spiritual kingdom. Jesus never came to this earth to set up a literal kingdom. He came to set up a spiritual kingdom. Not a literal kingdom. Okay, verse 17. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating or drinking, something that you do. It's what? The kingdom of God is righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. You see, that's the kingdom. That Jesus came to this earth to set up in the hearts of mankind. And He rules and He reigns as much as we allow Him to. It's our choice. So what's He saying? Lord, use me to bring others to you. Use me. Who was it said? Was it Samson? Saul? I can forget. One of the old boys in the Old Testament. No, he's a kid. Lord, here am I. Use me. Samuel. Here am I. Use her. <laughs> Lord, use me to bring others to you. Lord, too often our prayer life is focused on what? The guy in the mirror. Lord, I need this, and I need that, and I'm not feeling good, and I, you know, uh, on and on, you know, we have eye trouble with glasses, don't fix. I better move along, I'm done, almost. Doesn't mean a thing. Most Christians' prayer life depends on themselves, and our true prayer life needs to be focused on others. What do you experience when the kingdom comes? Turn clear back to the Old Testament. Turn to uh, First Chronicles. First Chronicles. We'll hurry it up here. 
First Chronicles chapter 29, <clears throat> starting with verse 11. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory of the majesty and the splendor of everything in heaven and on earth is yours. Yours, O Lord, is the kingdom. You are exalted as head over all wealth and honor comes from you. You are the ruler of all things. In your hands are strength and power to exalt and give strength to all. Now, O God, give me thanks. We give you thanks and praise your glorious name. Hallowed be thy name. Boy, this sermon can go on. We're about done. Thy will be done. And we're going to stop at this one. When you pray this prayer, what are you praying when it says, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven? And what are you praying? You're praying that, Lord, take my will and make it yours. Oh, Lord, you take your will and make it mine. That thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, how is God's will done in heaven? That's the only will that's going on in heaven is his will. And when we pray that, we're praying, Lord, that your will be mine. So when you pray that, thy will be done on earth. And what is the earth? It's you and I. Thy will be done. Yeah, Lord, you don't understand. I've got a will too. There's some things I want to do. There's No. If that is your idea, that there's some things you want to do, then don't pray this prayer. Because you are praying, God, I want your will to be mine in every aspect of my life, and I want it to be preeminent in my life. Because his will is the only one that matters. Right? His will is the only one that matters. And when we, I was going to say succumb, but that's not a good word. Um, when we finally give ourselves over to that, when we put our total faith and trust in His will, you'll be surprised what happens. When I was growing up, I didn't, I hadn't planned on. Um, standing behind one of these pulpits. I want to be a farmer. God said, okay. You like to plow, don't you? Yeah, I love to plow. Well, how about plowing men's hearts? How about getting the soil of their hearts ready so that I can plant a seed? I love running the corn planter. So you're going to go ahead and plant seeds. You see, that's what God's will for me was. I want you to plow up their hearts, 
Get ready for the seed. And then as it grows, you're to nurture that seed and you're to help it and to water it and make it grow. And then there's going to come time for harvest. I love running the combine. I can still feel that thing shaking. And love the combine. So in a, in a way, I'm a, I'm a farmer, right? And there's other things that go along with farming that, you know, cleaning out the barns and whatnot. But here he says, you know, when we pray, Thy will be done on earth as in heaven. And give us this day our daily bread. You know, we want too often we want to take that as literal. You know, I'm going to sit here and I want my bread to show up on the doorstep. He gives us the ability to earn our bread. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Too often they left that out. There's evil everywhere. But deliver us from the evil one. Because we know the evil one wants to destroy us. Deliver us from. Why? Because thine is the power. Thine is the glory. Forever. Amen. When you say the Lord's Prayer, are you just saying it? Or are you really praying it? And if you can't truly say this prayer, the disciples' prayer, if you will, and not truly mean it, then you're just saying words. But this prayer should guide our prayer life. So who's guiding your life? Who's running your life? Oh, Lord, you don't understand the things I'm going through. Boy, just sickness and on and on and on. And just, just, I really don't have time. I really don't have time to really do what I know I need to do because I'm just so busy. I was told, you know, if you're, if you're too busy to serve God, then you're too busy. If you're too busy to come to church, you're too busy. Why are we too busy? Because we choose to be. We choose to be busy. Or we choose to come to a place like this. We can set. Enjoy the music. Enjoy fellowship. We enjoy the fellowship, why? Because we have cultivated a relationship. First with our Heavenly Father, which makes us family. And we have fellowship. We can crowd around the coffee pot. I love that kind of fellowship. The cookie jar, whatever they have out there. Fellowship. Why? Because you can fellowship because you have commonness. You have a commonality. And those who do not know God as their Savior, if, if you're here, if you don't know that God is your Father, if you've never accepted the salvation, if you've never come to a place where 
you confess your sins, as we see in 1 John 1, you confess your sins. If you never come to that place, then you're of your father the devil. Is that something you want to be proud of? We like to be proud of our fathers, aren't we? I was. My dad was smart. Somehow it didn't. He was a tool and die maker. He could get down into the hundreds of thousands of an inch in, in the airplane business, you know. Not me. Give me a saw. Give me a, you know. I can build stuff. My dad was smart. He was about one of the closest people to God that I know. He and my mother. He left the heritage. We talked about that in class this morning. He left the legacy because of who he was and what he was. And I'm glad for that. But if you've never come to the place and say, Lord, um, I'm a sinner. I'm a sinner. You're right. I'm wrong. That's what to confess means. You go to court and you confess. What are you saying to the judge? You're right. The law was right. I was wrong. And that's where God's grace and mercy comes in. The mercy keeps us from getting what we deserve. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It's a gift of God. Not anything you can do, not of works, lest you can brag about it. And if you don't know the Lord today, the Bible says that you are of your father the devil. But it doesn't have to be. Because God loves you. He died for you. Rose again for you. Sits on the right hand of His Father for you, making intercession for you. He's done everything that He can do to make it possible for you to spend eternity in heaven. Who has first place in your life? That God, His will, does God's will have preeminence in your life? Or is it your own? Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane said what? Not my will. but thine be done. His will. Jesus was the human part of him said, let this cup pass from me. I don't want to go through this. Nevertheless. And we have to come to that place in our life where we say, nevertheless, thy will be done. Are you in the center of God's will? I don't know what God's will is. Number one commandment, 
Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and thy mind. And that pesky neighbor is yourself. Do you love the Lord? Is he your father? Can you say this prayer and mean it? My Father, which is in heaven, hallowed be my name, my kingdom come. And we pray that, don't we? My kingdom, me, my. Thy will be done. Forgive me when I do things that isn't right. And you see, God forgives us in the same manner. You read on down through Matthew chapter 6. A few verses on down says, If you do not forgive your brother their sins, neither will I forgive you of yours. You see, we think forgiveness is automatic. And if you don't have a forgiving heart, maybe there's someone here today that you, you just, and you hear them, I just can't forgive them. I just can't forgive them. Don't go crying to God. Maybe there's someone that you need to go talk to. Forgive us. And nothing more relieving that load is when you come to someone and say, you know what? I'm sorry. I did this, I said that. And I'm sorry. Will you forgive me? And usually what happens after that, most times, they're hugging. And when a person hugs, that's the closest that two hearts will ever be together. You know the Lord today. Are you serving Him? Are you praying that Thy will be done, not my will be done, on earth as it is in heaven? Would you stand with me, please? We're going to pray. Come and have a closing hymn. If you need to come and pray, again, this side over here, if you just, just need to come and pray. Whichever one you want to pray by yourself, you want someone to help you, just, and there's nothing more special than having someone to kneel down, put their arm around you, and say, what can I pray with you about? Lord, we are so grateful and thankful for your love and your goodness. So thankful that you came to this earth and to die for us, to save us while we were yet sinners. You, you, you sent your Son. You loved us. It's that love that we cannot fathom. And Lord, as you've spoken to our hearts today, those here today that have not totally yet put their total trust in you. They have not made your will theirs. They will come and do some eternal business with you. And Lord, help us to be obedient to your Spirit's voice today. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Take your hymn.